morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you listen to the podcast. I'm Sherry Dodder. I'm an occupational therapist and dysgraphia expert. This is the home of The Writing Glitch, Hacking Dysgraphia, No Pencil Required. In this episode, I am talking to Russ Lloyd. He is the technologist behind the Dyslexia Campus. It's an app to help students that are having reading and writing challenges. Welcome to the podcast, Rust. How are you, really? Hi, really. I am fantastic. I will never complain. (laughs) Fabulous. So, first of all, what is Dyslexia Campus? And then number two, how did you get involved? So Dyslexia Campus is a two-headed monster, if you will. First, uh, the first head being, and the first part that will go public will be a an online um, news magazine that sort of consolidates the web into a single location for all information on neurodiversity, particularly dyslexia in our case, which is where we focus. And I say we. I am a technologist for the Provident Charter School. That is a a charter school in Pittsburgh and uh, Western Pennsylvania that specializes in dyslexia remediation. And uh, I got involved with that around 2015 when they launched. And since then, we've been, they've been uh, having hundreds of children through the school doing fantastic work. I support them in a technology role. I I'm a parent to a dyslexic. I myself am a dyslexic. So it was as soon as I sort of realized what it was upon the diagnosis of my my oldest child that uh, I was like, wow, and that sounds exactly like me. So I became involved with the school and I came up with this idea for the second part of Dyslexia Campus to sort of with the school, they have an expertise in you know, all things dyslexia or remediation. And we employ a lot of technology in that role. And technology plays a, a significant role in dyslexia and dysgraphia and all neurodiverse remediation or assistance, right? So there's a lot of apps out there that claim to do certain things and some do certain things better than others. And there's just a kind of a lot to digest. And as a parent of a newly diagnosed dyslexic or dis- person with dysgraphia that there's a lot to digest. So I wanted to make it easy to find the first thing, right? So, and then the second part being, I wanted to vet all of these app and technology to really choose the best ones. And so that's what we're doing. It has shifted a little bit in that we are going to have a service that offers all of those under one umbrella. Um, But we're working with vendors and trying to finalize that. So that's the second part. So the second part is um, would be a layer on top of your device, whatever device that may be, a Chromebook or an iPad, with which these applications would just sort of be populated for you. the, The best ones would be determined and vetted and subscribed to. And it would be make it easy to just have a whole toolbox of things that are helpful for you. Hmm. Before I ask you any more questions, and I've got a couple of them brewing in my brain, I just want to stop a minute and thank Dutter Educational Consulting 
Daughter Educational Consulting sponsored today's episode. We offer the Dysgraphia Certification Course. This course builds dysgraphia awareness and provides practical intervention strategies for lesson planning using development to design your lessons. Who should take this course? Well, it really was designed for that general education teacher. But I've also certified occupational therapists, physical therapists, speech therapists, dyslexia teachers, and special ed teachers. I also have a couple parents in there. They have actually been benefiting from the material as well. So if you're a parent, please consider signing up as well. To learn more about how to get started, you want to go to sherrydaughter.com and page down the homepage and you'll find uh, more information there. But I also offer a monthly introduction to dysgraphia and how it impacts our service delivery uh, webinar. And that is held the second Wednesday of the month. So look for information on that on the homepage as well. So when you started talking, Russ, one of the things that came to my mind is it's almost like the GPT of dyslexia. Uh, uh, I appreciate that. That's a that's a very complimentary analogy, but uh, not really. There's so much information out there, uh, and it's it's hard to find. And again, go back to having a newly diagnosed student or young person as a parent, you're you're sort of overwhelmed, you know, trying to find all the information to try to what's best for your child and for the student. And so we wanted to make it easy to find all that stuff. GPT is more of a, it's something you just kind of interact with, you know, it's, it's, it's a very different animal, but yet is a very important tool, right? So we, we cover that as a topic. Uh, you know, that's one of our focuses, like where is, AI going to play a role in in helping people with dyslexia and dysgraphia. So, I could tell you this: it has helped me. Uh, it ha- mm. I use it to help generate content for social media. I use it to well generate the titles for the episodes of the podcast. Really, I'm so I'm utilizing it and asking it to help me improve things that I've already written. But I am going to do something that I haven't done here on the podcast. And one of the things that Russ and I talked about was to put this on YouTube. So if you guys want to see this episode and see the video version, we're going to try something new today. For those of you who are listening to this episode, there is going to be a lot of visual that's involved because I wanted to make sure that you could share and see some of the technology that's going on. So we have this girl over here embracing dyslexia, the journey of an affiliate marketer. So somebody wrote that for you? Or no, so or how these did you are these are all... that information. Right. So I actually we're we're using AI a little bit. To, uh, we're basically just compiling all articles uh, internationally that are dyslexic related. And so we are um, coming through hundreds of articles a day to find the best ones, right? And the most pertinent ones uh, and compiling them all here, you know, and giving proper credit to authors and links to those original sources. Uh, but making it easy to find all things dyslexic in one one location. And particularly, I spend a lot of time on celebrities. We're finding that it has, um, in the past, there's there's a lot of famous dyslexics 
right? Entrepreneurs, uh, and they're generally, the, the ones that are generally cited are white males. And so we're spending a good amount of energy in making sure that we're finding dyslexic celebrities that are of all race and, and both and gender and highlighting them, right? Uh, Selma Hayek was one I found recently. So, you know, those are, there are a lot of dyslexic Selma celebrities. Hayek right here. It was, yeah, the, it was published, yep, published here on July 13th inside the campus. Yeah. And so, but there we we're, we're making a dyslexic hall of fame so that, um, you know, we can really compile all these people that have come across and just so that a young person can see how this is not necessarily a, you know, disability as it is sometimes referred to. It is a, it is a superpower in a lot of ways. You know, there's a, several articles about, uh, percentages of millionaires and the percentage of those millionaires who are dyslexic. It's like 30%, you know, like, like there are as a super drive and entrepreneurship with dyslexic persons. Uh, so, and neurodiversity as a whole, right? It, it's just, so we're, we're trying to make sure that we don't use that disability uh, word too much and, and change that and shift that to a showcase the superpower that being you is, you know, only, only you can be you. And so let's really embrace that and show these young, uh, young learners that they can overcome, you know, just, they just need a different set of uh, instruction to get better. Yes, absolutely. Most dyslexic, dysgraphic, and dyscalculic students are gifted with a disability. Yes. Uh, so saw, that's part of what we're trying to showcase in the site by just by articles. And uh, I think we have some major sections like celebrity technology, business, business tends to, uh, there's a big push to in marketing as a whole to target and, and reach neurodiverse adults and children. So we focus on that education, uh, celebrities and uh, science and research. Yeah, I'm I'm pausing right here in the technology section of there. And like I'm looking at the articles in front of me that are up as the latest articles. One was published on June 8th. It's about AI. The one that was published on May 30th, it's about AI. And the one that was published May 23rd, speak for me, that's another AI. AI is gonna really change the life of a dyslexic. Yeah, it will change everything it'll change the, the life of education really but as most good as a lot of good things have happened in our uh, for for humanity as a whole it started out uh, as an attempt to uh, help persons with a disability right you know audiobooks for example uh you know my mom was in that field for 30 plus years and so i've watched a little of that and she compliments on that but but this is another one where ai didn't necessarily um you know, go for that, but it is going to have a major impact very fast. And I hope that, you know, educators and parents will embrace that mm -hmm. and uh, encourage their students uh, and families to really learn how to prompt and and really how to get GPT and AI to, to do what they are requesting. Yes. 
And then the next section down here is about education. Some of the stuff that's coming up today is there's something going on in San Antonio, Texas about dyslexia. Incidentally, that's where I just came from. I just came from the Region 10, which is up in Dallas-Fort Worth. They just had an institute to support dyslexia. It's happening all over the country. Do you know why it's happening all over the country, Russ? I, I could give a couple of reasons, but I'd like to hear yours. Okay. There is a federal law that is coming down that says that it's passed that says that all uh, K to 12 teachers need some education in dyslexia. So they're really trying to like lay it out a little bit where they're really working on like learning support teachers and stuff. I know in my area, they are trying to educate all K to eight teachers on at least to have the introduction course. So regardless of whether you're learning support, regular ed, music teacher, art teacher, they want everybody to understand the foundation of literacy so that we can, they can all be talking the same language as far as structured literacy goes. That's spot on. That's amazing. I, I love to hear that. The I didn't necessarily know that. I've heard some of that, I think. Um, I spend a lot of time on the technology side, so I don't get into that, the, the world of, of Washington, D.C. in particular. Uh, I do see a lot of states, and I, I, that makes a lot of sense as to why. For, for me, I, I, the, the people that I work with at the school, uh, the administration, you know, they've always taken the stance, and I agree, that, you know, what works for those kids, let's say it's Orton-Gillingham or if it's Wilson or some other type of particular instruction method, those are two of, of several that, but they, they all work for everyone. Right. And so I think what I hear you saying is that the federal government is asking education and as a whole to get better at being able to see and, and, and unofficially diagnose. Or is that what you're trying to say? Like not really doing anything about they, it because that's generally been a problem. Yeah, they want uh, all teachers to really just be able to understand neurodiversity a little bit. Mm. So understanding what the structured literacy program is so that you can go, oh, so even if you're a math teacher, you might get this requirement coming mm -hmm. down the pike. And it's amazing because there's so much language that's associated with science and math and social studies and not always necessarily do we think the foundation of reading to be associated with that. I'm kind of stuck here in the celebrity section. And Chris Kemp says that my biggest strength is my business and my dyslexia. Dean Grazasio, I can never pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's a, if anybody knows anything about business, he's a big business guy. He's one of Tony Robbins guys. We have somebody from NCIS, Alex Tarrant, Sean Connery. Just looking at this, what is this? Nobel Prize winner, the inventor of the lithium-ion battery? It yeah, has I mean, dyslexia. That is a, yeah, dyslexia <laughs> touches everything with the lithium-ion battery, right? So uh, it is, um, it's amazing. It, it really is amazing how many successful people 
and have fought, uh, well, fought through, but have uh, transcended, you know, their their uh, dyslexia to achieve, right? No, no matter what. And that was before what we have today, which is a lot more tools and the and the words to go with it. You know, that's where we've been for the last, it seems like 10 years is like, you know, the federal government or state government won't use the word dyslexia. That, you know, if you go to a parent or, you know, you try to get an IEP in a public school, you find the difficulty there and you find resistance, which is why Provident Charter School came to be, right, from the founder and a lot of other schools in different states and different cities. Uh, that and in comparison with most of those are private and expensive. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, a, it's a big change. What am I trying to say? The, the last 10 years we've been developing the idea of dyslexia, right? And, and it seems that in the last couple of years, that it has really neurodiversity as a whole uh, as has made a big jump in acceptance and a lot of more resources and research and famous people acknowledging their own dis- you know disabilities have has come up. That's what I've seen. And so it's great. It's a great time to be involved in it because it's really changing fast. And especially with a- AI. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And I noticed that like the top three medical articles that are on the site right now talk about rhythm, regular mm. rhythm, fast and slow rhythms, and comparison of functional head impulse test with bal- pediatric balance. But that kind of has to do with like the rhythm of walking. It's very interesting to see the connection with rhythm as an advancement to linking to dyslexia. Because rhythm really is the core foundation of how we process information. If we don't process in a rhythm, that's why music is so addicting because it's in that rhythm state and it touches that subconscious environment and it brings it to the conscious. So I'm, I'm currently now down at the very bottom of the website and it says Dyslexia Campus is an online news magazine collecting new and important articles, research, and news regarding dyslexia and neurodiversity. And so there's a whole lot of uh, stuff here that you can refer to. And I'm going to page back up probably too fast for those of you who are Mm -hmm. watching, but just look at all the content of information that is just here on the front page. And then we have all of this stuff here in the menu to help expand it. I'm going to click over here to parent. So what you've done is you've kind of, in the back end, you've set up what pages that might be helpful to those categories. Is that is that what mm-hmm. I'm hearing? Yeah, I mean, it's a traditional newspaper type of thing. You have, you know, your local and state section. You have your, your uh, you know, main section. You have your sports section. So we just have... We're trying to compartmentalize it into something that's helpful for uh, educators, for parents, and for, uh, I would argue now that it's our, it's a little bit more tailored to parents and educators. We, we do want to kind of come up with a little more of a kid's version that's a little less wordy. I mean, this is uh, as wordy. We are building the back end to accommodate uh, text-to-speech for the whole site, so that will be coming soon. Uh, but we want to have a, a more of a 
a kid-friendly version that uh, focuses on the celebrities and some of the tech tools that they may be able to use themselves uh, that is a little less wordy. But this is a news site, so it is wordy. (laughs) Got it. And I'm on the resources page right now. And if you look right here under newsletter, it says subscribe to my newsletter so that you can get more information from Dyslexia Campus. Fabulous. Look, there, here's an article on ChatGPT from May 23rd. But look at how old that is already. I mean, when you think about it, that is really old. Do you mind terribly if I go back to uh, dyslexiacampus.org? Because that had something very interesting I wanted to talk about. So I'm going to flip back over there. This site is is one that's under construction uh, that is going to be our service that is uh, laying the the apps and extensions specifically for a Chromebook and and then also for an iPad that we have vetted as the best of the best. And we're going to attempt to collect them into a, an umbrella service that is easy to use. And we teach you how to use them properly and, and help and assist. So nice. I see that this site is using the dyslexia font. It has the disclaimer at the top. I I like that for the reader. I am just going to put this out there just so that everybody knows my stance on a dyslexia font. It doesn't translate well to writing. So anytime that you're using a dyslexia font, make sure that you transpose it to another font for the student to copy from. So if they need to be copying, that you transpose it to another one. My favorite and this is something from the technology standpoint as you're developing this app, there's an app called Lexend. You must install it onto the computer. You can install it on Chromebooks, on Macs, on uh, regular PCs, on iPads, on Android uh, Fires, and everything. It is free to download, but everything needs it downloaded at this at this point in time, Lexend is the closest to the way we write. So as we're sharing information, I'm just letting you uh, be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have down here at the bottom, we have a store, we have founders, we have partners, we have contact, frequently asked questions, and then the, the privacy policy. And then they have the links to where they are on Instagram, Twitter, which is now an X, and uh, YouTube. So I am going to page back up to the top here. Something else I saw was that you definitely are creating this and developing it to have a student portal, a district portal, and an individual portal, which is absolutely wonderful. I just commend you. This is this is amazing. I need to spend a lot of time on this website just to grasp all the information. Before I close this share, is there anything else that you think that we should highlight from this page? Just that it's under construction and that it's changing drastically. The service is, we ran into a uh, logistical, uh, as we all do, everything is distilling it down into its finest uh, form. But we ran into an obstacle uh, logistically. So we turned our focus to get the magazine ready as as a marketing tool for the service and, and go that way. So um, if you sign up for the newsletter and, and, and subscribe to the newsletter, you'll be the first to know for all that we have going. And um, yeah, I would love to have everybody 
share and um, make people aware that there is a place to easily find information about dyslexia and neurodiversity. Fabulous. Now, you have said that a little bit about the Provident School that you are part of. Can you talk a little bit more about maybe the history of the school or a little bit more about the school? What does it make Provident unique in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area? Well, it's unique. Um, as I said before, most schools, as I understand and in my experience, are either private and expensive or it's homeschool, right? And the, the public the public schools are, are, and private schools that are not focused on that learning style, they're not common. So when um, Curtis Kostman is our founder, and when he started the school in 2015, I think it remains one of only four charter schools in the nation, or it was at that time. There were three in Louisiana, and but the first one outside of Louisiana. So to be a charter school, to be not expensive, right? And to we were we were teaching Orton Gillingham, we were teaching uh, Wilson remediation techniques to uh, second through eighth grade. Those are the grades with which we go up to. Why not and, first grade? Um, they have a reason for that, which I don't want to speculate. But I think it has to do with. Um, that's about the time that you generally find out. Got it. You know, um, that's when my daughter found out, when my oldest, when we found out for her. But I don't know the answer for that specifically, but they have a reason. We're the only school with a Taekwondo, back to rhythm, right? A Taekwondo class for all students. Yeah. And it's amazing. We have a, a sensei and he comes in there's every day, every, all the classes. It's like recess. They go to they go to Taekwondo. So there's rhythm and there's balance and there's tactile. And we're one to one. We're even we were even two to one uh, during COVID. We were we had one at school and we had one at home. We had a device. So uh, we start this, we start children out on second through uh, second and third grade are on iPads, getting used to technology a little bit. And then in fourth grade, we moved in a Chromebook and it's off and they have all the tools they need right there logged in to do whatever it is they need to do. And um, yeah, and the teachers uh, work hard. I, I commend all teachers listening to this that, you know, thank you so much for caring about these kids because it's a hard job. That's I'm not a teacher. I do not interact with children. And, but I watch my colleagues and I'm blown away with how uh, patient and uh, both patient and frustrating it can be uh, to, to be a teacher nowadays. So a lot of, I uh, commend everyone listening that is in the education. So how many students are in your building? Uh, we have about 350 in one in our first building, which is the main building, main uh, campus. And this year, 23, 24, we'll open a second campus, which is about uh, an hour outside of town that is going to service that side, a kind of more Western Pennsylvania down towards Ohio and West Virginia corner of Pennsylvania. And that is uh, that is growing small. There's probably 30 to 35 children there. But if I remember correctly, we only had, we started in 2016 with two grades, with uh, third and fourth grade. 
that was the first two that was the first year so we've expanded and gradually built it up over the years from to second and through eighth grade so yeah probably about 400 total amazing i've learned a, a lot about dyslexia campus is there anything else that you'd like to share i'm fascinated by all that you're up to and your passion for dysgraphia and helping people understand so i'd say to you as well thank you for your uh, passion and for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Remember this podcast releases the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. If you want to look at the website, you can either go to sherrydotter.com page down the page a little ways, and you will see information about the podcast, or you can go right directly to the podcast page. And that is the writingglitch.com. If you happen to go over to thewritingglitch.com, you are also going to see something called The Pocket Cast. I have released a second episode where I am taking what I used to do here at the end of the podcast, and I've shifted it over there. So interventions are going to be over there from now on. So if you really want to learn about those podcasts, make sure you subscribe to both podcasts. They are not going to be sharing the same thing. Here, we're going to share interviews. Over there, we're going to share interventions. So uh, make sure you, you subscribe to both podcasts, The Writing Glitch and The Writing Glitch Pocket Cast. And yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. And remember, you were put here for such a time as this. Post-production is with Sam C. Productions. He is a performing arts major in uh, Florida, and he is doing an amazing job. If you really appreciate the way the podcast sounds, you need to let us know by writing a review and let, hey, let your podcast app know that we're doing a a job and a service for you. With that, I want to say thank you again to Russ Lloyd for being here and sharing the dyslexiacampus.com and dyslexiacampus.org with you today. Thanks, Sherry.